0: In ancient times, men would set aside personal comfort and strive to live a life dedicated to a higher cause. These Nazarites would resist sin. They would call others into a life of holiness, and they would let their beards grow long as they grew in virtue. In honor of these great men, each November, I get together with a couple thousand men and spend a month focused on growing. Growing in community, growing in virtue, and growing out our beards. This year, we launched a podcast for the Nazarite Challenge. This podcast, Bearded Virtues. My name's Tony Vicinda, and I'm excited to have myself and some of my favorite people share their reflections on cardinal virtues with you. This week, we have my good friend, Michael Gormley, also known as Gomer by those who know him, love him, and follow his work online from the Catching Foxes podcast, Breaking Open the Virtue of Justice. This is day 27 of the Nazarite Challenge.
1: Hey, everyone. It is Gomer here going on with our understanding of justice as relational. If justice regulates our relationships in our lives and you look at all the different categories of relationships that we have, whether you're talking about spouse or friendships, whether you're talking about coworkers, neighbors, uh, people that you don't know, the poor, the homeless around us, whatever those categories might be. The one category that we must start out with is the author of justice himself, God. What does it mean to be just to God? Doesn't that sound funny? On the surface, it does sound a little bit weird. What can I give to him? What can I constantly and consistently render unto him, which is his due? I mean, if he's God, he's infinitely perfect and complete in and of himself. I can't really contribute to the divine nature, me being a lowly, lowly creature. So what do I owe God? Well, first and foremost, The sub virtue of justice that governs or regulates our relationship with God is what we call religion. Have you ever had people say, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual? Right? Usually they'll say something like, Oh, well, that's, you know, they'll say something about God and you're like, Oh, are you a Christian or something like that? And they'll be like, Well, you know, uh, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. Right? I mean, that phrase has been around for 20 or 30 years. Why do people say that? They say that because the institutions, of religion are, are are pretty often terrible. And it's a very easy way out of maintaining some sort of depth, you know, more than materialism, more than a vulgar materialism or a mechanistic view of the universe to say like, yeah, I believe in the spiritual side of things, but I do not want to hitch my trailer to, uh, yeah, I'm from Texas. I don't want to hitch my trailer to any of these religions. And, you know, you, you go with Catholicism, you got the Inquisition, you got Galileo, you got the Crusades, you got the sex abuse scandal, part one and part two. This time it's personal. You have all of these different things happening. Why would someone want to identify it? Well, to me, as a Catholic, I say to people, I remind them that if you say, I'm not spiritual, but I'm, or I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual, what you're essentially saying is, I want all the benefits without any of the baggage. But you can't do that with humanity and you can't do that with any authentically human religion. But I also remind them that religion, first and foremost, is not an institution. Right? We think of a religion, we think of codified beliefs and all that stuff. First and foremost, religion is a sub-virtue of justice whereby we consistently render to God what is his due, namely our worship of him. See, we creatures owe God our worship. We owe him our worship. Now, because we are mere creatures, we should be, in a sense, on our faces prostrate before the Almighty 24 seven, but we can't do that or else we'll die. Cause we got to feed ourselves. We got to make babies. We got to do all the things that happen in between feeding yourself and making babies. So God, so constructed the way that we honor him through the religion of Judaism by giving us the beautiful 10 commandments, the first three being about our relationship with him. When you think about it, right? I am the Lord, your God have no other gods besides me. So he has to be our one supreme God, our one supreme deity. He has to be the one who sits at the center of our own hearts. And if he's not, we got to kick off whatever petty idol or God sits there, especially if it's ourselves. Okay. Number two, honor his name. God's name invokes his divine presence. So what does it mean to be just towards God? It means never to use his name in vain. It means the invoking of God is something that we do as an act of worship, as an act of relationship. And we ought not to use his name as a curse word or a cuss word, right? It shouldn't be something vulgar, common, that we just fling around without any thought. His name is great. His name is mighty. His name is him. I am who I am. Yahweh saves, Yeshua, Jesus. When we invoke the divine name, we bring down the divine presence. We call to mind, God is here. You ever thought about that? You ever thought about there is no such thing as over there with God because he's omnipresent, he's everywhere, so God is here right now. So when you invoke his name, you are actually recalling and honoring the fact that you are already in his holy presence, so then he gives us the third commandment to honor his Sabbath day, to keep the Sabbath holy. What does that mean? What does it mean to keep it holy? Well, it means, number one, set a time, set aside time to worship God, to do nothing else but face to the ground adoration of the Almighty God. It means to enter into the worship and praise of him. Now, God has gifted us an entry point. He even gave us, not only did he give us life and breath and reason and will and emotions by which we worship God, but he actually gave us the very act by which we worship God, namely the mass, the Eucharist. So all, what do we do? What can we say? What can we give to a God who has everything, who is everything all we can give him? is our thanks, and that's what the Eucharist means, the Greek word, thanksgiving. All you can say is thank you, thank you, thank you. You want to rip entitlement out of your heart? You want to enter into holiness? Well, God didn't get your permission before he created you in order to create you. God does want to cooperate with your redemption by making you holy. So if you want to honor God with all the worship and praise and thanksgiving and adoration that you can give him, It begins to form our hearts and how we crown the week with his Sabbath, okay? Sabbath is supposed to be the culmination of our recreated selves. So don't go shopping. Try your very best. Here is my practical way to live out the virtue of justice towards God. Don't make it about you. Make it about others, loving and serving others in your family, in your neighborhood, whatever. If you're going to have a dinner party, have it then. If you're going to enter into worship with other people, go early. Be prepared to worship God. Why is it that we're terrified to show up work late, but we have no problem walking into the divine liturgy late? Let God's justice penetrate our hearts so that we want to give him all virtue uh, and we want to give him all praise. We want to give him all adoration that he's due, right? When we give God our leftovers, what comes at the end of the week, instead of crowning the week with giving him glory, we just give him what's left over. We aren't being just towards God. There are no other gods. Honor his name and honor his Sabbath. This is the beautiful way that we live the virtue of religion. See, it's not about being religious as in belonging to an institution. It's first and foremost about walking in the relationship that God has with us.
0: Thanks, Gomer, for calling us to a life of virtue. And thank you, listener, for tracking with us all month long during the Nazarite Challenge. This has been a huge time of blessing. The conversations in the Facebook community going through and doing this podcast, it was a huge labor of love. The number one way you can support us from this point forward is just sharing this podcast with other people or buying something from CatholicBalm.co to help support the cost of this. We want to thank all of our sponsors one last time. That's, again, along with Catholic Bomb Co., that's Pink Salt Riot, eCatholic, and the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. We also want to thank people who helped sponsored content during the Nazarite Challenge. That's the Theology of the Abadi Institute and Catching Foxes, the podcast, and my own podcast, The Threshold. Um, We'd love to have you guys check out all those things. If you haven't followed them on social media, checked out their work yet, please do. Also, if you're interested in having this become a monthly Podcast that we do. I don't know that we can commit to weekly at this point in time, but once a month, having a little bit more bearded virtue in your life, please drop us a line at Catholic Bomb Co. or post in the Facebook group that you're interested in that. We'll have a post there that you can share that on. We want to know if this has been helpful for you in growing in virtue, how we can continue to get the word out around the amazing way that God is calling us deeper into a relationship with him and with each other. So gentlemen, until next time, Stop shaving and start praying.